Preet Banerjee is here, personal finance commentator and News Talk 1010 pundit. Nice to have you, Preet. Good morning, sir. Do you remember the perilous playgrounds we grew up with, or did you grow <laughs> up in safer times? You're younger than I am. Um, no, I remember that if, uh, you know, by today's standards, I guess they were hell machines and landscapes of uh, torture compared to uh, what we have today. But it was, uh, yeah, it was dangerous back then, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, I still remember for merry-go-rounds, for example, it was, you know, a concrete that you would run around while you were trying to get the thing going. And if you fell off, you landed on concrete. Nobody paid any attention to that kind of stuff when we were kids. Yeah, because you weigh the consequences too, right? I mean, certainly your sense of risk and reward is a little bit different. You feel more invincible as a kid. But sure, you know, if there was concrete and not soft grass, I would think twice about going on the monkey bars. Okay, so the Mother's Day message that has been deleted from outside of a Toronto school uh, was apparently objectionable because some it might trigger some kids who don't live in conventional families or don't have mothers. That is sort of working overtime to make issue with something. <laughs> yeah, it feels like the internet in real life where someone posts a funny meme, you know, tongue firmly planted in cheek, and then you go to the comment section and things take a turn. Yeah. You know, I think I think it was the, actually the students who voted on the message. And really, it should probably never have gotten to the point of being approved by the school. I mean, the I think the responsibility lies on the teachers, but it was the kids who came up with the message. And... If the kids came up with the message, I think that's okay. It could be a learning sort of moment. It definitely got blown out of proportion. Yeah, and I should be specific for those who weren't with us earlier in the show. The message outside of a school was, life doesn't come with a manual, it comes with a mom. And yeah, I guess there are probably some kids who would say that makes me sad, but it also reminds me of how when I was a camp counselor, we were told we couldn't sing a song about the Titanic because some, some kids' great-grandparents had been on the Titanic. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I know. Well, everything's a concern these days. So <laughs> yeah. a man is objecting to the fact that his driver's license was taken away from him after he admitted himself to hospital in a mental health crisis. And I'm a bit split on this because... Uh, I can appreciate that this might deter some people from reporting everything from dementia to mental health issues because, well, what if I lose my license? But at the same time, I can also imagine sitting here on a talk radio show talking about the guy who was under, you know, had a psychotic incident and they didn't take away his license and he ended up doing something bad with his car. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, your point is well taken. I have personal experience with this. So years ago, I had a really bad food poisoning and hit my head. I had a concussion and I had symptoms that came and went over a couple of months. And I went in one time to, to the emergency room and they ended up pulling my license or sending in the form. And the symptoms went away after a couple of days. But the form from the ministry that said, hey, your, your license is being taken away came like four or five months after the fact. And so I had to surrender my license, even though I was fine at this point. And it took another six months or so to get my license back. So I can see how it would be very frustrating. At the same time, I think in principle, it makes sense to have that power. I think the issue is that the protocol changed a few years ago to make it much more draconian. And there are a lot of doctors themselves who say, you know, there are many situations where 
if we simply tell people, you know, you probably shouldn't drive for a couple of days, as opposed to saying, no matter what, we're going to, you know, pull your license or recommend it getting pulled. I think the, the protocol change has been a bit too draconian. So there's probably a middle ground to be found. Okay, what do you make of what may just be an intellectual exercise, but it seems somewhat noxious, uh, ethicists, bioethicists saying that you should be entitled to medical assistance in dying if you can't find affordable housing? Yes. So, you know, the argument being made when I looked at um, what was put out was that if made is available and it's allowed, it should not be discriminately withheld from any group, in this case, those in poverty or socially unjust living situations. So it's more than just, um, you know, not uh, uh, being able to access, I think, housing was what their position was. Now, Obviously, we're not going to be able to do justice to the entire debate in 60 seconds. But to me, the unequal application of a law is something you have to prove a case for, not the other way around. How do you tell someone or a group, hey, we understand that sometimes people live in intolerable pain with no end in sight. And while we could institute a higher standard of care, we don't have the political or societal will. We're not going to do it. But we're also going to strip your right that everyone else has to whatever the made laws are. So it just seems that it's it's backwards uh, in, in trying to sort of prove that case. Interesting, because I was saying that it struck me as more of an intellectual exercise. So you're right. You're addressing it from the perspective of unequal access to medical assistance in dying, as opposed to the idea that, you know, on the real estate pages of the Globe and Mail, we should have offers that if you can't find a house, then maybe you could die. Right. Yeah, that's that's totally separate to me as to what I think the core argument is being made. Uh, Toronto mayoral candidates now arguing over bike lanes. Um, I find this to be an interesting issue because I would imagine Torontonians are somewhat divided about it, but very passionate. Either you're a cycling advocate, in which case Mark Saunders saying he's going to rip bike paths out makes him the devil, or uh, you hate bike paths, in which case it is going to be his edge. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think people are firmly in one camp or the other. I think there's very few people who are not divided on that. And I do wonder when someone is putting together their, their campaign platform, they, they, do they survey all the other candidates to see, well, what's their position on this particular wedge issue? And should we just strategically take the opposite point of view? But you know, while we absolutely need a long-term plan to improve transportation for, you know, everyone in and around the, the city, I think a great short-term solution is that that pilot project in New York where anyone can take photos of illegally parked cars and get part of the fine money. I think that would be brilliant. I would absolutely love to have that. <laughs> okay, so we start, sort of started on this issue, but I want to wrap up with this issue. A woman, now 21, is suing a school board in BC for falling off the monkey bars at at the age of five. I mean, I guess maybe at its core, there is a, a real case here, but I can't figure out how at 21, you're suing over something that happened to you at the age of five. Yeah, I, I'm no legal expert, but wouldn't you have to find a way to firmly establish that this in fact happened when it when you say it happened, how you say it happened, who has records from 16 years ago of a kid falling off playground equipment? Because that happens every single day. So it just seems like a bit of a stretch. I don't know the details of the situation, not to minimize what this person might have been experiencing in these past 16 years, but I just don't see how this makes 
to the light of day. Well, and also I imagine it's about changing times, right? There were a lot of things that kids did years ago. I mean, lawn darts, I could mention a few more, that we have phased (laughs) out. But can you sue now for what was happening then? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I just don't think you can. Preet, thanks a lot. Good to have you. Thank you, John. Preet Banerjee, personal finance commentator. You can learn more about Preet at his website. It's called Money Gaps.